everyone. Um, so this morning, I, I want to share a bit of my journey, my story, but it's actually, I don't want to just share my story. It's actually, it's God's story. And I, I, I'm really trusting that everything I'm telling you this morning will point to Jesus and not to myself. And I'm trusting that after when I leave here, when I have shared this message with you, that you will be drawn closer to Jesus. Um, so as, as Morris said, I'm, I'm from the Netherlands. Uh, I grew up in a, in a family with one brother and three sisters. Um, but from a very young, I just, just want to share a bit of my journey. From a very young age, I've never, never experienced love in any way from my parents, from family. I didn't know what it was to be loved. Um, and actually, I was diagnosed with ADHD. I got on medication, and it just got worse on, on school. I was just an uncontrollable kid. Like, you know, the, the teachers didn't know what to do. I would throw back to kids. Everyone would be afraid or afraid of me. It was, it was, it was, it was challenging. Um, I, uh, and when I went to high school, uh, it, went only, it went only worse. Like, my, my, my mother knew the phone number of the school so well because they phoned at least three times a week to c- complain about me. And um, in the second year of high school, um, actually, sorry, I forgot something. In the first week of high school, I started smoking. I got drinking. I went drinking. I started smoking weed. Uh, I went boss, to say it like that. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't hold back. And I really, I can, I can f- what I knew then, I loved doing what I was doing. It was not that I didn't enjoy it. I'm going to be very honest on that. Um, so, but in second year of high school, it went, it went worse and worse. I wasn't allowed to come into four classes anymore because the teachers just didn't, didn't know what to do. I traumatized people in my life. And it's... It's, it's hectic. I, had, I, ca- I went back to the school, and I asked the teacher, how are you doing? And I said, since you left, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> and that moment, I laughed. But later on, I was sitting with God, and I was weeping. Because I thought, I've made this man, his life a mess. And it touched my heart so deeply. And <laughs> so it was actually, it was, sure, it was, it was, it was, I was just touched by God in that moment. But... It, was, it went so worse off that the principal of the school said, okay, we, we don't know what to do with you, so you're not allowed to come back this, in this school anymore. So I was at home, and as I said, I've never experienced love, and my, 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 me and my mother just <sighs> bl- bashed together. You know, we couldn't go through one door together. And my mother was, was so sick of me that she says, okay, you need to go out of house. I can't, you, can't be, you can't be in one house together. So they placed me out of house for, I think, like two months, and then they regretted it. I don't know why, um, but they took me back. Um, but I, I loved the time because I didn't have any control, and it was amazing to be outside of the house. So uh, I went to a new high school, but from there, nothing really changed because I wasn't changed. Um, so from the age of 16, I started drinking every day. So we drink for school, during breaks, after school, in the bus, everywhere. We would drink at least eight glasses of alcohol a day for more than three years. Um, and that, that, start, that just started controlling me. But I finished high school. I, uh, I uh, 
started studying. I started commercial management. So I worked four days, and one day I went to school, and I did a lot of. I needed to do a lot of self-study, but that went well. Only because I started earning money, I could do a lot more crazy stuff. So for my parents, the situation at home became completely uncontrollable. So they said, "Okay, you need to find a new home. You can't live with us anymore." So then I said, "Okay," and then I lived with my uncle for half a year, but that also didn't went really well, um, and then. Uh, I started renting my own apartment, uh, and that became like a party place for everyone. So my my door was never locked. You could just walk in, and like any time of the day, of the night, and you could just go sit and drink a beer or do whatever you want. Um, yeah, that was that was my house. My house was open for everyone. Um, so one of the one of the nights. This is February 2019. Uh, I was with a few friends on the streets. And we, we were so drunk. We, we, we didn't know what we were doing. We were completely off track. And there was like a taxi bus just standing there. And we just jumped on the bus. We broke all the windows. We completely, completely destroyed the bus. But we were so drunk. So we were just sitting next to it, thought it was fine. Like a friend of mine, his hand was like bleeding. And <laughs> we tried to fix it with toilet paper. <laughs> so, and we were sitting there for like half an hour. And the police came. And they arrested us. It was obviously not the first time I've been arrested, I think five times, for just lots of small stupid things. I've been to the courts uh, twice. Um, I got community 120 hours community hours when I was 16 for dealing illegal firework in school. Earned a lot of money with it, but that's for another time. <laughs> um, but I got, I got arrested. And as I was sitting there in that police jail, I was thinking, is this, is this the life that I want to live? Is this really the life that I want to live? And in that moment, God spoke to me. It was the first time God spoke to me. And he says, if you don't stop with this life, I'll stop on you. And so I, I realized in that moment, I'm a sinner, I'm a failure, and I'm going lost. I'm going to burn for an eternity if I don't make right. But I didn't know what to do. You know, I, was, I grew up in a Christian home, in a, in a church, but I've never heard the gospel in any way. I've never understood why people go to church. I think just hypocrites. And they're sitting there for one and a half hour, and after that they go to a pub. Why do you not just go to the pub from beforehand? That was what how I thought. You know, so I didn't know what to do. So I, the next week I chatted with my, with my cousin, and she was on fire for Jesus, and she said, Maybe you should go to church. That's, that's quite a good advice to, to give someone. So I was never against God. So I said, okay, let's just, I'll just give it a try. And I went to church, and um, there was someone who was preaching, and it was like if he wrote a love letter for Ruben. And I was, I, that was the first time that I encountered the love of God, that I encountered love in general. Like the love of God. I encountered the love of God. And it was so radical. And I was just crying there. I was like, this is, this is what I need. This is how I want to live. So I, in that moment, I found purpose for my life. And the purpose is to walk a life with Jesus. So they did an auto call. I gave my life to Jesus. And from that moment, I was still in the world. So I was still... 
lots of challenges, made a lot of stupid mistakes. Um, I, I'll save you all the details, but um, my problems weren't solved yet. Like half a year later, I met uh, the, the church leader uh, in the Netherlands. It's Peter and Eefje. They're leading the, con the other congregation, not the congregation where they're going, but the other congregation. Um, and I start walking with them, and I, and he, just just meeting with them. He did Bible study at his house, and as I just spending time with with him, my desire for God grew so much more. And I didn't want to do, I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to smoke, I didn't want to do all these terrible things anymore. But it was just difficult to stop with. I just didn't know how. And but as I start walking longer with him, I just okay. There's so much more to walking with Jesus. There's so much more. Um, so in February 2020, I wanted to radically, I wanted to stop everything. So um, I got baptized, and uh, I was part of the church plant, and I just started growing in my relationship with God. But still, so much, so much struggles. Um, actually, the end of, of, of 2020, um, God asked me to come to South Africa to the TGT, but I didn't want to go. Um, but I <laughs> then got, I got actually a burnout. And after that, I went to South Africa, and I'm still, now today I'm here. So, but in this last, in this journey, over this journey, God has placed some things inside of me. He's worked some things inside of me for, 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 for this broken world. That I would just like to, to share a little bit on, on the journey where God has taken me spiritually on. And I think, I think sometimes people come up to me and they say, so your heart is burning for the lost. And I almost want to say, yes, that's, that's true. But have you seen God's heart? You know, it's, it's like, it's, it, this, is, this is one of my daily prayers. And I want to encourage each and everyone to start praying this. Lord, what is on your heart? What is your thoughts? What's your heart's desire? And I think Skog mentioned it last week. He says, the loss is always on his heart. And it will always be on his heart. So it's nothing, it's nothing of me being special. It's just, I've just tasted something of God's heart. But I've only tasted a little bit. And I can say, how hard I run after the lost. God runs so much harder after the lost. You know, it's, it's like sometimes I'm just, just sitting with God. I'm just completely overwhelmed by how much he loves the lost and how he's weeping and crying out for the souls to come in. And I think sometimes our, our thoughts... Um, don't want to allow us to, to step out. Um, and I just want to share something of, of like our comfort versus his kingdom. Um, when I was in Malawi, uh, <laughs> Lance asked me to minister on a, on a girls' camp. And I thought, okay, I'm a guy. <laughs> you know? What I'm going to do there? But I felt God says, okay, you need to go. And actually, when I was, I was sitting and there was, an, uh, there was an elder with us 
with me, and we were the only two guys on our girls' camp with 35, 35 girls. So as we were just praying on our way, I just, felt, I just felt God say, just be the best brother they can ever have for them for the coming days. And I, I've shared, I've shared a, a, little, a bit of the same story what, I've, what I'm sharing today. And, there's, and I called out for a response. And there's just a few girls, they just start weeping. They said, we, we've been saved for so long, but we have never seen so much love. And we have never seen this. And when the other guy, he shared, he, just the father heart of God was released in these girls. And this is all orphans. We asked them, we asked them, can you raise your hand when you still have your father? And three girls raised their hands. And then we asked, who still has their mother? And no one raised their hands. So, and I was just broken in that moment. But after the camp, the, the, the leaders came to us and he says, you brought something that no one else could bring. We as women can't bring that part of the father of that brother thing of God, of God. We can't bring that. And I was just reflecting on that back. And I asked myself the question. It's like, okay, what is more important? My comfort or his kingdom? You know, and sometimes we are so often we can think, okay, how can God use me? And I've seen, like, evangelism, I think sometimes people think, when, they, when, when you hear the word evangelism, I need to become the next Billy Graham. I need, now need to preach on my free Saturday from 4 in the morning till 7 in the afternoon. I need to stand on the streets and scream. That's not, that's not true. I would say evangelism is a lifestyle where you're being available for God to use you every moment. And any time and any place. That that is basically what I'm doing. So I'm just like all the times that I walk out of the gates here, I'm just God, what is on your heart? Do you want to share a word with someone? But that's not only a word, it's just sometimes there's a security guy standing. I just felt the Lord say, buy a coke for this guy. And just buy a coke, he says, Hey, this is a gift of Jesus. And before you know you're 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 testifying about the goodness of God. You know, we sometimes we overcomplicate it so much. So I think we you just need to start asking ourselves the question, okay, where can God use me? And how can God use me? And it's sometimes, it is, if you think, okay, I can't speak. I don't have the right words. There's a scripture in um, John 14, verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you Bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. And this is such an encouraging scripture for me when I step out. Because I step out sometimes when I don't know what to say. You know, but when we start stepping out, this becomes a reality. Because then we see that God is actually doing this. But if we don't step out, this scripture never can become a reality. And I've seen that when I stepped out in certain situations, that I just, maybe I feel God wants to say this to you. But the people's like, what? How do you, how do you know? You know, so I, th- I think as we st- just start stepping out, and it doesn't have to be a preach, share a word, give a chocolate to someone, but be open and available to let God use you. Because I believe that Jesus can work through a chocolate and can change someone's life. Yeah? Do we, but do we believe that this morning? Do we believe that as we hand out a chocolate, and we say, hey, come and join us in church. You know, and just one other, one other practical thing is, it's like 
it's, that's on the same as with our comfort. Don't be scared to invite someone into your house. Now for, for supper, say, hey, do you have plans for eating tonight? Do you want to join us? You know, people think, hey, what's this weird guy that he, that we, that he just invited us over? We no, don't know one another for two minutes, and he inv- already invites me over. But I believe when we start doing that, then we'll see a change happening. And people will come. And maybe 99 times it won't happen. But Jesus went out for the one. So let us be sensitive for the one. And I saw one other practical thing. I always, I always ask for a phone number when, it, okay, when it's a guy, just to clarify that. <laughs> but I, I, always, I, always, I always just ask, for a phone number, so that I can afterhand send the person a message with the details when the church starts and things. And it's it's very simple, it's very practical. And obviously, we need to be sensitive to that we don't just throw our details on the streets. But are we ready to lose our comfort for um, for His sake? Can you put on the other scripture, Luke 12? Do not be anxious. Oh, wait, that was, um, sorry, Mark 8. I'm sorry. And he called, if anyone would come after me, let him de- deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever saves his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. So just let, let us reflect on what is, what is our life. Does our privacy belong to ourselves, or does it belong to Jesus? I, it's, just, it's just something to reflect on for yourself and find your own way in. But let us not be scared to lose our comfort. Because if we see what, it, what it's worth it, what is the result of it, of, of giving out so that we can get people into church and can reach self, <laughs> people can reach their salvation. And I, I think just, just one practical thing also on when we, when we share the gospel, I think sometimes we, we, we take off the Ten Commandments and say, have you broken one of these Ten Commandments? Yes or no? But actually, um, God was speaking to me about this, and he says, actually everything that is not done out of a place of faith is sin. Because without faith, it's impossible to please, to please God. So, if you're outside of Christ, if you've never put your, your trust in God, you're actually sinning in everything you're doing. You know, and like sometimes people ask the question, but I'm a good person. But it's not about being a good person. It's not about being a bad person. It's about are you dead or are you alive? That's a massive difference. Eh? It's, we, we sometimes get so caught up in these things of like, yeah, but that person, he's not safe, but he's maybe doing good things. But actually, he's not doing good things. Because the first thing what we need to do is give all the glory to God. You know, that is, that is where we're living for. You know, and if you don't give all the glory to God, you're actually sinning. And you're actually missing your purpose in life completely. Um, and also, that, that, just, something, just something on that, um, on giving all the glory to God. I've learned... Sometimes when I went out to share the gospel, then I was just looking for the fruit. And I was like, oh, but God, I just don't see any fruit. And maybe you've been challenged by that as well. That you think, okay, 
I don't see fruit. Let me just stop with this. But I want to share a quick story. It was an, an American evangelist. He went to F God sent him to Africa. And he was there for a year. And he didn't see any fruit. And he was crying out to God. I said, God, I don't see any fruit. And then God said to him, but you're not here for fruit. You're here for my glory. And it made a massive change in my mind. And I thought, okay, when I share the gospel with someone, I'm not sharing the gospel to get someone saved. I'm sharing the gospel for the glory of God. He is worth it that I proclaim his name wherever I go. And out of that, if we live in, if that is, if that is a reality in our hearts, then it doesn't matter if someone gets saved or not, but it will happen. It will, we will see fruit happening, but we're not dependent on the fruit. We're dependent on God. And God is worth it that you share his name wherever, wherever you go. Um, and I think just to, um, just, just to, just to end it off in the sense, um, I just, just want to come back on, want to emphasize that point. If you live a life outside of Jesus, if you don't, have never put your faith in God, then you're getting lost. And you'll burn for an eternity. And this may be a harsh reality. It may be harsh to say that. But I mention it out of a place of love. I'm mentioning because I know outside of Christ, there's no life. And in Him, there's so much life. And there's so, such a big separation from these two. The inside and the outside. Death or alive. You know, and maybe you're sitting here and you've actually never made right with God. And you actually feel that, the, that, that, that there's something inside that's cutting in your heart. You've been cutting your heart at this moment. You know, and you feel your heartbeat is going fast. And you feel the reality of, of eternal life without Him. 